Hi, I'm Daniela Stockflet Menis. Welcome to my podcast. Because everyone has a story. The place to give ordinary people stories the chance to be shared and preserved. Or stories become the language of connections. Let's enjoy it, connect and relate. Because everyone has a story. Welcome to the show. My husband, Dave, and I are flaneurs. It is what you call people who enjoy randomly strolling around the city to discover things. Once we found two discarded life-size dinosaurs in a parking lot. Sometimes we find new stores and I tend to ask how long they have been in business. And they will often say something like 10 years. I scratch my head and question, where have I been all this time? Getting lost in our home city, finding new stuff, and chatting with strangers is kind of a hobby. A few months ago, Google showed me an ad for a mobile app called Driftscape, a platform for unique local stories, self-guided tours, and hidden gems. You must download it. Anyway, I continue reading and discover that the creators are from Canada. The concept match or flaneuring hobby I love it when people with great ideas bring them to life. So I immediately contacted Driftscape and invited them for a chat. Today, we have Chloe Dasberg, co-founder and CEO of Driftscape. She's here to share her narrative on how it all happened. And of course, we get to learn a bit more about who Chloe is. Let's enjoy her story. Welcome, Chloe, to the show. I am very excited that you're here today. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, I just uh, happened to find something really interesting. It calls Driftscape. And I'm not going to say what it is because you're going to tell the story. Tell us how does your story starts. Okay. Well, how it starts is probably um, grew up in a small town. And I always sort of imagined traveling to other places. I would sort of discover places through movies, books, songs. I was always really interested when any creative work would mention a specific place. And so I sort of had this idea in my mind of places I would visit and places that sort of I built up a, a picture of through hearing about them through, through other creative works. And I always really enjoyed that. And I think at that time anyway, The place where I was growing up didn't feel like it had a lot of those kinds of stories. It was a small town. I mean, you hear lots of stories about like New York or London, but growing up in Kingsville, Ontario, less so. I do think that that's changing. I do think that a lot of people are really starting to look for and enjoy these unique local stories and to understand that every place has a story. For my personal story of sort of how all the pieces came together went away to university. I went to the University of Waterloo. I was lucky enough to be in a co-op program that allowed me to travel for for work terms. So I'd sort of have like one term of school and then one term of work. And I was able to go live in Toronto, which is where I live now, in London, England, in Amsterdam, in Whitehorse. It was quite a nice and exciting experience for me to get this window into all these different places. When I finished school, I settled in Toronto, started working here. Toronto was very much the big city. It was the place that had lots of stories for me growing up. I loved sort of encountering those things. And I also feel 
even for Toronto, I feel like Toronto sort of didn't see itself as a as a major city and a well-storied place for all that long. So it was sort of coming into its own as a place that people were really starting to celebrate and starting to talk about. And so that made it a nice time and, and place to be sort of getting to know the city. And there was one project that I learned about, I think before I had moved to Toronto, but it really captured my my interest and my attention. It was a project called Murmur. It's a mobile audio storytelling project. So the way that this project worked, it was done before smartphones. I don't remember the exact year, but probably mid mid 2000s. What the people who were behind this project did is they went and they interviewed dozens of people starting in the city of Toronto and then it spread to other cities, just a, a story that was connected to a place. And it wasn't necessarily about the history of that place. It could just be a real small personal experience that that was meaningful or memorable to them that happened in that spot. And then they put up physical signs on street posts around the city of Toronto. They were in the shape of a, a green ear. And on each sign, there was a phone number with a pin that you could call. And you could hear that person tell a story about that place while you were standing in that place. I just loved the idea that all these places that we pass through are rich with stories and with other people's experiences. And this was just a little window to help connect us to those things. Chloe, when you were younger, were you the only one from your friends that were so excited about seeing other cities or learning about traveling? Yeah, as a kid, I was. I definitely had the travel bug more than other people, sort of in my friend group. I started traveling, I guess when I was 16, I did a student exchange to France for a year. That was a big move because I'd never, I'd never been outside of North America. So that's maybe what started it. And then certainly when I got to university, being in a program with um, the opportunity for a lot of travel, I think I met more people who had a similar interest in travel as me. And when you went to university, you went back to your town or you stay in Toronto? The university was in Waterloo. And then after that, I basically moved to Toronto after graduating. I spent a bit of a few months here and there back in my hometown. But for the most part, following university, I moved here. And now that you care about stories, do you feel that your town, original town, will have also stories to share? Oh, and it absolutely does. I think in some ways, maybe it's that people are more interested in these kinds of local stories. And maybe that was always the case. And you just it just takes a certain amount of looking to start to see it. Um, but yeah, it's something really neat to see. I know that, um, well, there was a comic book called Essex County, Kingsville's and Essex County by Jeff Lemire, which was the first creative work that I've seen that specifically referenced the place that I was from. I keep hearing about new efforts like a There's a documentary about Windsor style pizza and I'm parts of lots of Facebook groups that are talking about like Kingsville, like vintage Kingsville, Kingsville history. And there's a couple of sort of new local news channels that are, I think are mainly based on Facebook. It's clear that there are a lot of stories there and there are a lot of people really interested in celebrating them. So I think that this is a, probably a pretty universal interest and maybe it's just having ways of finding each other and of sharing those stories that makes it easier to see. Yes, exactly. Because, you know, everyone has a story, right? <laughs> yeah. So you were in Toronto and you saw this uh, project that they were having, you know, signs on the streets and what happened? 
For a long time, I just enjoyed it. I uh, had a friend who's a musician and who is writing songs that referenced specific places around the city of Toronto. And I thought that was such a nice way to curate an album and to celebrate a place. I recognize that, that there are lots of artists that were doing the same thing, that through song were referencing specific places. Me and uh, a couple of friends started a project called Track Toronto. It was just a map of songs that reference specific places in Toronto. And you could just click on the map and hear the song about the place that you were in or that you had been. And we thought, wouldn't it be nice if we could make this a bit more seamless? Uh, with a mobile app, you could actually get an alert when you entered a place that there was a song about and then tap a button, listen to the song, feel connected to someone else's experience of the place through that song. It certainly changed the way that I thought about the people I would pass on the street because you recognize that everyone's sort of building their own story and tying in all of these familiar things and all of these familiar places. The connection of the place was an interesting way that we maybe don't normally use to connect ourselves and our stories to the people around us. I think I need to know what you study. Is it related? Oh, yeah. I I studied architecture, not directly related. And architecture always has a strong connection to place. And I, I would say it's pretty common for architects to think deeply about the spirit of the place and the stories behind a place. You weren't to live in Toronto and you were working as an architect? Yeah, I was working as an architect. When we did the Track Toronto project, I was working as an architect. This was essentially a hobby that eventually grew and changed and, and became what Driftscape is today. Okay, so then you were doing the music, so you just decided that you could have an app so that when people show it in a place, automatically the app will say something? We didn't work on that specific project for very long because as soon as we conceived of that project, we recognized that, that there were so many initiatives that were telling different types of stories that were related to places found one group that had already built an app for called Queer Story. So it was all about the LGBTQ history of Toronto. Another one, it's funny that they all also have story in the name. Another one called First Story that is all telling stories about Toronto's Indigenous history and Indigenous experiences in Toronto. Public Library had made a poetry map where they had located poems that reference specific places and it was just dense across the city. And so we recognized quite early on that there would be a lot more benefit to creating a platform where all of these different kind of stories that had a strong connection to place could live because from the people who are curating these stories or creating these stories, it, it sort of saves you from having to reinvent the wheel in terms of how you get them to people. Certainly from the user's perspective, if you're going to have an app, it's nice if it can give you a really rich experience that's always sort of building and changing and also gives you a lot of control over what you want to see. So it's not just songs, it's songs and poems and historical description of buildings and architecture and indigenous history and tourist attractions and local businesses. And it, it just builds and builds and builds. That was essentially the initial inspiration for Driftscape. Our, our thinking was to bring all the really rich local content and essentially let the user decide, I want to see just this or I want to see everything that we'd be able to craft a more valuable experience. Apart from architecture, you also were an entrepreneur. This was a hobby or this was something that you saw as a business? 
Well, yeah, it started as a hobby and it and it grew into a business. So the first thing I did was start talking to other groups that were creating this location specific content. So that included a bunch of the groups that I've just mentioned. It was truly serendipitous that I happened to meet people who are working on really the same problem that I was working on from the content side, from the software side. And it was through chance encounter at a at a first story board meeting of all places that I connected with a group of people affiliated with the University of Waterloo that eventually connected me with my co-founder, Dan Pronovo, who is a, a mobile software developer and who was able to actually take this vision and make it a really tangible reality because it's certainly much easier to imagine a software product than it is to create one. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. A lot of luck, a lot of luck involved in, in that and, and bringing it all together. And so, so you created Driftscape and how long has it been? It's been four years. Yeah, four years. The ideas were happening in the background before that, but we officially became a company almost exactly four years ago, and we launched the iOS app in November of 2017. Uh-huh. I have the app, and I just want to go around Vancouver, for example. So how does it work? Essentially, you download the app, you tell it what you're interested in. You can select categories like history, arts and culture, events, indigenous history. We get quite a fine grain in terms of the different categories that you can select. And then you can look at a map and browse around and find things that are near you or see a list of things that's near you. Or you can just tell it what you're interested in, put your phone in your pocket and start walking and you'll get a notification when there's something nearby. So you might be walking through a park you've walked through a hundred times and you didn't know the story behind the park's namesake. Or you never noticed this really interesting house on the border of the park that has a great story or maybe a unique architectural style. Or maybe there's a poem about the park that you've you've never heard before. And this sort of you an invitation to experience all that stuff while you're in the place and to connect it mm -hmm. to the place and to just sort of deepen that experience. Is it only in Canada? Currently, we're only in Canada. We have around 60 organizations nationwide that share stories, events, places, tours. Just launched 50 audio tours about the public art in the City of Toronto in collaboration with the City of Toronto's Year of Public Art. So that's a really big, brand new project. And we're certainly working on expanding. The U.S. will be the next step in terms of where we're headed geographically, but there's certainly no reason why we couldn't share content anywhere in the world. How do you get all these stories? How do you get all this information? What we do is we work with organizations that are already local experts, like the public library or a municipality, a local historical board. Increasingly, and this is something that we saw as a change over the past year and a half, increasingly our partners are municipalities that are connected with all this local knowledge and, and local groups and are often creating content like self-guided audio tours that will exist on Driftscape. So we don't create the stories, but we, we help people who have the stories essentially craft them and, and get them out to people. Yes. Any competition? Do you have any competition? Yeah, we do. So there's a handful of mobile apps that do a portion of what we do. We haven't seen one big major competitor, but there's certainly lots of uh, apps that do something similar. From a technical perspective, in terms of the features that Driftscape has, 
it is the only app that has them all in one place. So that includes like places of interest, events and tours, augmented reality. I won't make this a, <laughs> a long list of all the features, but that is something that we pride ourselves on that we, we've been able to really listen to all of the organizations that want to use Driftscape to share their stories, find out what, what it is they need to tell their stories in the way that they want to, and then build that and incorporate it into the app. Going back to you and your story, how do you feel that you actually had a dream of traveling and seeing the world and now you're working towards something that is related, so related, and then you are able to help people to travel too? Yeah, it's it's a really nice feeling. And I would say when I started dreaming about travel, it was generally to go places that were far away. Something that this whole process has impressed upon me is that you don't need to go far away. You don't need to fly across the ocean. You don't need to go to another country to find something really wonderful and interesting. You just need to have the right way of looking at the place where you are. And there really is a lot of fantastic and rich and interesting stuff that tends to be underappreciated. And I think to find a silver lining, one thing that people have learned over the last year and a half when we haven't been able to travel is to just look more carefully at what's nearby and find some some stuff you might not otherwise have discovered. And I think that if Driftscape can be a part of helping people discover and celebrate all this really cool stuff that's right nearby, that would be a, a great a great legacy. It is actually very insightful what you said. It could be around your corner in, in your neighborhood. That's true. Yeah, sometimes it's closer than you think. And I also like celebrating that aspect of, of local travel, because certainly from an environmental perspective, a climate change perspective, we're, we're better off if we're not flying across the world every time we want to take a trip. We're better off if we can find and celebrate the stuff that's close to us. That's true. That's true. And you also say that you see people differently now. Can you talk a bit more about that? Yeah, the, I think when I first started having this feeling was when we were working on the Track Toronto, the project that mapped songs. So when we started that project, we, we'd hit a point like, you know, there's 50 songs about Toronto. People are going to start suggesting all the stuff we already have. And that's not what happened at all. We kept finding more and more and more. And we kept increasingly finding that musicians were sending us their own songs. So they were saying, oh, I wrote a song and it mentions this place. Like, put that on your map. And so because we were in contact with the musicians directly, we were able to ask them, what's the story behind this song? Tell us why. Tell us how it relates to this place. I started to get all these personal tidbits from people who've written songs. Like maybe it's just a list of the subway stops. Maybe it's a street corner where they lived. Maybe it's where they saw someone in a difficult situation. And through that experience, I would go to those places. I would pass through them all the time, just commuting around the city. I would think about who else is passing through this space at the same time as me. Maybe someone is writing a song about this space like as we pass through it right now. Mo most of us aren't going to write a song or write a poem or write a novel, but we're all, we all have these different intimate experiences of the same place. So when I would pass through busy, crowded streets, sometimes it's easy to just put your head down and be in your own little world. But I start to look around and, and look at people and be like, It's a shared experience, but it's also this sort of myriad of unique individual experiences that change the way that I would look at other people on the subway. Be like, well, I wonder if someone's writing a, <laughs> writing a song or a novel or just crafting their own story that they may never share. I guess that's how it changed the way that I looked at people. 
Yes, I think it's interesting because it's true when we realize that everybody has a story and what happened to them. I feel like you have more compassion towards everyone. Yeah, I think that's really true. Yeah, certainly having a greater understanding of the people that we share space with and having a greater understanding of that diversity of experiences that sort of coexist side by side in in the city and and probably in, in smaller places too is really important. It's important in terms of how we have compassion for others and how we understand different experiences. Yes, and I think that you're contributing to the creation of a better community. You sometimes do things and don't notice what is around you because you're dreaming rather than being in the present moment, I guess. Yeah, I feel like that feeling can be exacerbated by technology to an extent. Like if you're in your own device, you're you're looking at something that's not your immediate surroundings and go online and you Google something or you're not going to find those unique local stories. It has the opposite tendency. It has the tendency to push the thing that's like the most interesting to the mo biggest number of people. It doesn't really matter where you are. It's going to be sort of the same story. One of the things that we wanted to do is to reverse that, to say like, well, let's use our mobile devices to give us a tool to connect in a way that we maybe can't otherwise. And simply to just make a place for those really interesting curated local stories because frankly they can be hard to find and we want to make them easier to find yes the the stories or the songs you have also who wrote it so that uh, people can connect or make a comment or something yeah so you can definitely see who wrote it when we share songs you can listen to the song you can hear the story from the artist about what inspired them to write that song in the case of the poetry map if you're in toronto you can click on a link and check that book out from the library. So it's really encouraging people to take this next step and explore further. So yeah, there's lots of ways to use this as just a starting point and then to go further and sort of deepen your exploration. Yeah, wonderful. I, I think it's, it's an amazing tool. I'm so excited about that. And Chloe, you have kids? I do. I have a one-year-old and a six-year-old. So you have two children. You're working as an architect and you're creating Driftscape all at the same time. Wow. Yeah, mostly. I stopped working in architecture right before my first was born. Like basically I went on maternity leave and then was sort of working on the very early stages of Driftscape at that time. Rather than going back to work in architecture, I just kept working on Driftscape and then that sort of grew and became a full-time thing. But yeah, it's been a, a bit of juggling, certainly this last year in particular. When your kids are a little older, what would you tell them that for you will, will have been a change when you were little to now that you have learned all this? You know, encourage them to see life differently because well, for what you have learned now with the stories and the music. I think the thing that I would probably say is it is great and valuable and nice to get out and travel and see other parts of the world. But to, I would emphasize the value of doing something local doing something in your community where you can be more involved and maybe have a more in-depth understanding going on your two-week trip across Europe, which, you know, I'm not knocking it. It's wonderful. Um, but but I just would try to instill in them that appreciation to, to be curious and to notice things and to notice other people and get involved in, and understand the place where they are. You went to Amsterdam and France, London as well. Would you have taken that away? Didn't that enrich you? I know that you can see things in your local, but when you go to another country, you also get the culture if you are a traveler, not a tourist. Yeah, I would definitely also encourage that. Not that one is 
better than the other. They do different things. I would say if you want to explore another culture, go to one place and stay there for a while. Yes, I mean, that's the difference between being a tourist and a traveler, right? Like the tourist just stops by in a city, takes pictures and move along while a traveler gets to experience the culture, try to meet the locals and that, that enrich you more. Yeah, and that's a good way of thinking about it. Tourist versus a traveler. I like that. I think people always used to travel abroad because local tourists was always more expensive. Maybe you, you, with your app, you're teaching people to be very simple. You don't have to stay in the most expensive hotel or you can just explore and, and walk around. And, and I think that that is a really great opportunity for people to just walk around and get lost. And then you will see things that you wouldn't know otherwise. So we have a fantastic team and we've been able to really grow in the last year and a half in a way that we didn't expect. Being able to do a little bit more of a independent exploration of places and looking for those gems that are right around the corner or in your backyard is something that's really resonated with people during COVID-19. There's been opportunities there that we certainly didn't foresee. Hopefully that uh, lens that's focused a little more locally is something that people hold on to and they can see what's exciting about both places that are far afield and places that are, are close to home. Through process of working with the organizations that share content on Driftscape, I'm constantly finding stuff like, oh, I got to go to Collingwood. I got to go to Brockville, like all these places that are, are not that far from where I live, but I've never really visited in that way. There's, there's lots, of, lots of inspiration to be had. I am delighted that you came. Thank you so much. I'm excited for your project and I wish you all the best. And uh, yes, I will be following you because I already have the app and I will be expecting more growth in Vancouver. Yeah, absolutely. Great. So thank you, Chloe, for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been fun. Thanks. I am Daniela Stockflip Menis, and you are listening to Because Everyone Has a Story. Here are three things for you. Share, review, and subscribe. Share the episode with a friend if you enjoy the show. Send me a brief review at behat.podcast at gmail.com is in the show notes with your feedback because it is important to me. I want to know what you would like to listen to, what you don't like, what you like, and that will help me connect and grow. And number three, subscribe to get instant updates if you haven't done it yet. Join me next time for another story conversation. Thank you for listening. Hasta pronto.